What is up, everyone? This is Avery Smith, creator of Data Career Jumpstart and Snow Data Science, and welcome back to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that gives you, the data enthusiast, the tools you need to build an amazing data career, whether that's breaking the data science, landing a senior data position, or building a new data team or product. This podcast is here to help. Hey, welcome to episode five, and thank you for listening to the Data Career Podcast. So glad to have you here. Today's episode is an Ask Avery Show session from February 3rd, 2021. Hope you enjoy, but first, a quick word about how I made this podcast. My name is Avery Smith, and uh, I'll be answering questions from 10 people today. Um, Those 10 people have signed up on my website or my Calendly page. Um, I'll post that. Well, hopefully you guys know where that's at. If not, check out my my LinkedIn post. While I'm talking, I see that Fock Dot has top three blogs for data science. Number one has to be uh, Kaggle. Wait, why is this? Oh, wait, hold on. I, I got to fix this here. Um, let's see. Let's go to calendar and do it. Okay, I am there. Um, towards data science is the best one. A, the second best one, anything on Kaggle is really good. Third one is Katie Nuggets, I would check out. So let's see. Let's see if anyone's here. Doesn't look like they're here. Oh, I hate when this happens, when I book someone and they're not here. That really stinks. So let me see if I can find them. I don't like going to search for people on LinkedIn, but let's go try to find this person on LinkedIn and see if they're still coming. I sent everyone a message today. So let's see if this person is coming. Um, oh, well, they didn't cancel and they sent me a message earlier today that it was 3.30 Dubai time instead of 3.30 PM. So they didn't cancel, but they sent a message, but I don't always check messages. It takes me a long time. So, um, someone's asking if I have a discord on Instagram. I don't have a discord yet, but you can check me out, um, on LinkedIn and YouTube, Avery Smith, data scientist will probably pull me up. Um, and I'm going to have a Slack group or a Discord pretty soon. Um, you can check me out on my website too, Avery Smith um, at, no, averysmith.podia.com. So I'll throw that in. Thanks for the question. I'll throw that in the Instagram comments. Let's see, Avery Smith um, Podia. That should pull me up. All right. So in the meantime, I can't see who's here. So I just want to say hi to everyone who is here on uh, LinkedIn. If you are here, throw a comment at me and I want to say hello um, to all you guys. So let's see. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I am live on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. I'm going to view myself on LinkedIn just for fun. Let's see who's going, what's going on. Um, If you want to fill in these next eight minutes and you want to ask me a question, put your name in the comments and I'll send you a link to hop on the Ask Avery show. So go ahead and do that right now. You guys have any um, anyone that wants to hop on and wants to ask any questions? We got Dustin here. Dustin, what's good? Happy Wednesday to you too. Um, yeah, I hope you're having a good day. Anyone else here want to say hello in the comments? I'll throw your name up. And I mean, we got we got. Uh, let's see, we have eight minutes till our next call. Or hopefully they didn't cancel on us. I should send them a message to make sure that they didn't cancel either. Kind of unfortunate when that happens. But anyone else want to ask me any questions? If not, I'm going to talk about uh, what I want to talk about, I guess. But I don't really have anything in mind. All right, I'm going to send a message to this person. Hopefully, eight minutes. Um. Okay. Well, if no one's there in the comments, wants to come on, like I said, if you want to come on right now, I'll, I'll throw your name up. Um, we got uh, we got Dr. Shivkant Singh. Everything is going well. Having a splendid uh, Wednesday evening. Excited to do an Ask Avery show. Um, but I'll go ahead. I mean, if you guys, once again, if you guys have any questions, I'm I'm all open to to pulling someone on stage right now. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to fill time <laughs> until the 5:40 appointment. Hopefully, it does not cancel. If people cancel often, I'll have to find a different method because it's unfortunate because a lot of people who want to sign up and I can only take in so many people and I kind of give people the benefit of the doubt that they'll be here. Um, and if not, they'll let me know in, in a way that I can know. 
Um, but uh, here. All right, we got Michael. Michael Hardy. Hey, Avery. Hey, Michael. Can you talk about your experience on Upwork? Okay, yeah, great. So um, I have been... So Upwork, for those who don't know, is a freelancing website that's pretty much a matchmaker, right? So they take jobs that companies may have or small businesses and they find freelancers that could probably fill those jobs or take care of those jobs for them as a contract worker. Um, and their business model is basically they they take some fees along the way. So I've been on Upwork for uh, about two years now um, and I kind of was just there just to feel things out. Um, and I'm, I'm still on there. So now if you guys don't know, I run a company called Snow Data Science um, where I do data science education and data science uh, consulting. So I, I do consulting for projects and I also teach people how to become data scientists. So a lot of my contract work still comes from Upwork um, right now. I, I get a decent amount from Upwork. I get some from just like my, my LinkedIn and some from my website as well. Um, so that's kind of where I get my contracting jobs. But a lot of it before I started my own business was through Upwork. So people on Upwork will, you know, post jobs um, and they'll say, hey, this is what I need done. Like, does this, does this, is there anyone that wants to, to try to take on this challenge? And uh, if you feel like, hey, I'd be a good candidate for this particular role, you can go ahead and sign up and, and apply. So it's basically like a mini job. It's like a project job. And you could be like, oh, hey, like I have experience in this case um, in this like particular field. And I think I might be useful. You know, my hourly rate is whatever you want to set your hourly rate, hourly rate to. And you can get a job on the side with your full-time job. So I'll go ahead. Why not? And uh, pull it up. Right. Um, let's see so that you guys can see. That's a, it's a good question, Michael. Uh, okay, share screen, screen one. All right, so here's Upwork. Let's try to blow this up a little bit bigger for you guys. So we can see here is a project that's the first one on my feed that says engineering drawings and schematic for aquatic life-saving equipment and apparel. Wow, so this one's limited to only people in the States you need to have layout design, graphic design, 3D modeling, 3D design, and Adobe Illustrator. So that is not um, not, not my skill set. So I wouldn't be able to really probably be competitive here. But you can also see that only five people have applied, and they actually need three freelancers. And it's supposed to be $100 to $150 an hour. So that's a pretty good job um, that uh, I would I would ruin getting if I was if I was qualified for it. Oh my my feed on my uh, Instagram stopped working. I never have enough battery to, to go live on Instagram. It never works out very well. Um, oh, well. Um, okay. So in this case, I don't have this these skills, but you can kind of see here's what is needed. A CAD drawing, you know, it's one to three months for an uh, hourly rate of 100 to 150. You can go down to this button right here that says submit a proposal, and it's going to cost a little bit of money for you, six uh, connections is what it's called. Connects. Um, hopefully, I didn't charge me just barely. Um, but they're not. They're not very. Uh, they're not very expensive. That's like eighty cents, basically. And um, yeah, you can you can go in there and apply. And if they like you, they can hire you. So that's how I. Before I was a full time data scientist, you know, con, uh, contractor. That's how I got a lot of my business. Um, and it's a great way to start for beginners. Um, so yeah, I recommend that. I see some other questions here. I'll uh, pull them up real fast. I'm just going to double check. Let's see. Well, I sent the next person that I said that hopefully I'll see you in nine minutes because that's when they signed up. And let me make sure that I'm on. I, I originally had planned to do these on Google Google Meet, but it's just easier if people join me in my streaming service, which is StreamYard. But sometimes people don't get the message. So let me just double check here that, oh, you guys probably just saw who I'm supposed to meet. I'm sorry for that person that... I, uh, if I called you out, but, uh, hopefully you're here. So I don't have to, <laughs> um, okay. So they're not here yet either. So we'll see if they show up at 540 at their point in time. If not, I'll just keep answering questions. So we got a question here from David Kogut. Sorry if I say your name's wrong. Apologies. David said, Hey, Avery, admiring data professionals like you from afar, hopefully just temporarily. Yes, David, just temporarily looking to transition into a data analyst role from finance. Hey, that's awesome. I think that's totally possible. That's totally like up your wheelhouse. Like it's something that I definitely think can be done. 
um, you know, it won't be necessarily easy. Um, but I've talked a lot on my channel about like how to do that mostly through stepping stone jobs. Um, so if you can get a job like right now, that's similar to what you do, you know, in your finance role, if you can get like a data analyst, analyst role in like the financial sector, that'll make your transition a lot easier, I feel like, and a lot quicker in the end, which is, which is what you want, right? I mean, that's, that's what you're going for is, is effective and quick. So that's my advice there. Um, we got, once again, hopefully this person's going to join in a minute. We got Vladimir. Hey, bro, how is your adventure in, in an oil and gas company since your data science point of view? That is a good question. And one that like is kind of like almost a sensitive subject with me. Um, I worked for an oil and gas company. For those who don't know, I worked for um, ExxonMobil for about two years. So at ExxonMobil, obviously it is an oil and gas company or I guess an energy company, but primarily an oil and gas. Um, it's not a tech company. And I mean, they don't pretend to be. Tech is not ExxonMobil's strength. Um, I don't think they would ever claim that that was their strength. Um, it was an awesome place for me to be because I could really help and teach a lot of people use data analysis in oil and gas applications. Um, but I mean, it's not like if you're if you're going for some uh, a place where you want to be like a data scientist and there's like a data science culture. Um, I mean, that's probably not the place to go or. Oil and gas is not the place to go if you want to work for a tech company. But overall, it was a good experience. I mean, I learned a lot. Um, they, have a, they have a very strong IT program, um, or sorry, IT team, I guess. That was helpful. Let's see if this person came. Doesn't look like they're here yet, and they haven't messaged me on LinkedIn. Okay, so that's a bummer. Over two so far, it looks like. Maybe they'll join here in a second. We'll give them two minutes. Um, but guys, if you're in the audience right now, let's see. We have 17 people watching right now. I will take any of you. You guys can have 10 minutes with me. Ask me anything you want. Um, yeah, because we had some no shows. So if you uh, if you have if you're if you're here, I would love to have the chance to talk to you. I know that there's probably about a uh, let's see. Oh wow, that's actually like a three minute delay. I think on the uh, live stream. Um, but anyways, uh, if any of you guys want to be on. I can throw you in a link to, to StreamYard and we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation for 10 minutes. That's what the show is supposed to be anyways. Um, but too, too bad we didn't get the, the people that were supposed to come tonight for the first session and looking not good for the uh, second session here. Um, so if you want to come up, go ahead. Until then, I'll just take on, I'll take on some more questions. Let's see. We got, ooh. I don't even know how to say this. There's a lot of a lot of uh, letters up here. We got Dr. Zamani saying hi. How you doing, Dr. Zamani? Appreciate you joining us tonight or this morning, wherever you are. Okay. So, any other comments? Throw them in the chat, and I'll I'll answer them. In the meantime, I'm going to answer some questions that I got this week. Um, but like I said, feel free to interrupt. I will take any person that says, "Hey, I want to join." I will take them up and bring them up right now. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to, you know, spend some time answering some questions that I got this week. So maybe that was helpful to you. Um, so I want to talk about the, um, the benefit of, of using LinkedIn. Okay. So this isn't necessarily, um, data science, but this is just using LinkedIn in general. So LinkedIn is where I spend, you know, a lot of my time, especially a lot of my social media time. And a lot of people, you know, are like, oh, why LinkedIn? How is LinkedIn useful? And you just will be shocked about like what can come out of the woodworks from posting on LinkedIn. It's like you can get all sorts of different things like doors open to you that you wouldn't really expect because every time you post, you know, a couple hundred people are going to see it. And in social media world, that might not seem like a lot, like, oh, only a hundred views. But it's like, what if you put up a poster and a hundred people looked at it? Like, that's actually like a decent amount of people. And so it's really hard in like this digital age to think, oh, like 100 views is a lot, but it actually is. And the cool thing about LinkedIn is I looked at these stats so, so that I would know exactly the exact number here. So this is, this is you know, very statsy coming right here. Um, LinkedIn has 760 million users. Only 260 million of those are active, considered active. So that's like, I don't know, about a third-ish, you know? Let's see. Yeah, about a third. Um, and LinkedIn posts get about 9 billion impressions per week. 
meaning 9 billion views of posts, and only 3 million people post weekly. So that means if you're posting weekly, even one week, you're one out of 3 million people on a platform with 260 million people who are watching. So the organic reach is insane. There's like so much organic reach that's possible on LinkedIn because you just have so much space for it. Um, there's just like so many, um, there's just so many eyeballs for you to watch, you know, that you could get. Um, okay, so we got five minutes to the next meeting. I also saw we got another question here from Michael. I'll pull that up right here and uh, I'll take that. I just want to make sure I'm going to peek on who the next person coming is and see if they're going to come. I'll be really bummed if we don't get a, we don't get at least a couple people tonight. All right, so let's look her up and make sure that she's coming. Okay. Hopefully she will be here. Let's send her a message really fast. Oh, okay. Okay, I think she, I think she will be here. So great. We can we can uh, take her questions when she comes at 5:50. So Michael, let's answer your question in the meantime. Michael says, thanks for the answer earlier. Another question. I saw you posted this week about the benefits of a portfolio site. Do you have any specific tips to consider when, when putting one together or have any anecdotes about doors yours might have opened? Okay. So yeah, Michael, I'm a huge believer in having a portfolio or like a personal website because it shows your personal brand. And let me explain it this way. If Someone says that they can make, let's say, a, I don't know, this is what came to mind, a dream catcher, you know, like one of those little arts and crafts. Like, they're like, oh yeah, I can make a dream catcher. Would you rather read that they can make a dream catcher or would you rather actually see it? And that's how I look at portfolios is you can have something on your resume and says, you know, I can code in Python. Okay, that's great. And that's, that's awesome. Have that on your resume. But personally, as someone who hires someone now, I much rather see it and actually experience it than just read about it on your resume. And so if you can prove to me, hey, like I say I know how to do um, Python, like this is me actually showing how to do Python. That's what's important to me. I think that's, you know, very valuable. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, I think that's very valuable. Um, the doors that it opens up, to be honest, I think if you get past an ATS, which is like the automatic tracking system, for jobs. So if you have a resume that passes like the keywords check and you actually have a human being, look at your resume. If you have links to your portfolio and like, Hey, this is like my code in action. And I mean, it's good if you have links to your GitHub, but like, I don't want to go through your code and I don't care about your code personally. This is me personally, people who are more coding heavy, they might actually care about your code. I just care about your results. At the end of the day, I am a, I am a, I am a value driven data scientist. I do not care about data science unless it, it brings value. And if you can show me like that your tool works, you know, show it actually working, then that's huge for me. Like I'm much more likely to hire you. Um, so I think that just makes you a lot, a lot easier to get your foot in your door during interviews and a job. And the other thing is you never know who could look at that portfolio and, you know, be impressed. So actually this, this is actually pretty interesting. While I was at Exxon, okay, I had my portfolio of just my personal projects on my website. A CEO stumbled upon my page, which happens from time to time in the LinkedIn world, right? It's not unheard of. And he looked at my, my profile and ended up following to my website and seeing my portfolio, looked at my portfolio and was like, huh, it seems like this guy knows what he's talking about. And so he was like, hey, do you want to quit Exxon and would you want to come work for me? And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So you just never know what doors might open because you have a portfolio. If you've done something cool and you haven't told someone about it, you haven't done something cool, in my opinion. Just tell someone about it. Post about it on LinkedIn. Write a Medium post. Have a personal website. Um, I think I think all those things are good. So, uh, any I guess any tips putting one together? I mean, just have one. Uh, it, having one is better than not having one. So start small. Start with like a Wix page or like a WordPress, just something you can code. Um, I, I did mine from, or sorry, something you don't have to code. I coded mine kind of from scratch and it's like kind of a lot of work. Not really worth it probably. I would start with like a Wix site or a WordPress site. Okay, so hopefully the next person's coming. Thank you, Michael, for both your, for both your questions. Uh, appreciate that. 
those were great questions. We're going to pull hopefully the next person on and let me see. I'm going to check my calendar again just to see who the next person is. Okay. And we're going to send them a message just to make sure. Oh, I should also check the, uh, oh crap. Okay. Well, hopefully it's this person. Um, I should also check the Google Meet to make sure that they're not in the Google Meet because that is my bad. All right, uh, join with Google Meet. Sorry, got to work on this uh, in-between stuff, huh? Still figuring it out. All right, so let's see. Okay, not here yet, but hopefully soon. Okay, um, all right, so let's see. In the meantime, I'm going to send this guy a message and say, um... Okay, great. All right, well, hopefully the next person that's supposed to be here can be here and we won't have uh, a couple different people that weren't able to show up tonight. Um, but anyways, Michael, thanks for those good questions. Those were great. Oh, hello. Um, there you are. Okay, perfect. Um, Katie, I'm going to send you a link to this page, other page. Yes. Yes. I'm going to send you a link to this page right here. And if you can join on this one, that would be awesome, Katie. Thank you. Okay. So Katie's coming, hopefully. Perfect. And I think the next person's coming too. So we should have some guests. It won't be me just, uh, um, being up here, this is the, just talking about like random stuff. I appreciate all you guys in the comments. I always, I always look at the comments and I can see them. So let me know if you're, if you're watching, just say hi. I'll always pull you up and say hello, at least on, you know, via the, the, uh, comment show thing right here. Right. Okay. So I think, uh, Katie will be coming in. Okay. Perfect. Hopefully her audio is going to work seamlessly. That is the hope. Katie, can you hear us? Um, yep, I can hear you. Okay, perfect. And I think people can hear you as well. So welcome. Appreciate you coming on the Ask Avery show. Um, yeah, happy to talk about anything that you'd like or any questions that you have. Um, yeah, so, um, so I have a question for you. So I came from a not so technical background. So my uh, bachelor is in public relations and now I'm in a master program that's slightly more technical in data science and data analytics um, but I still feel like there's a lot of like math skills that I'm lacking to pursue a career in data science um, so I guess like what's your advice on like catching up on these math um, knowledge that is needed for to get a job in data science yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great question. Uh, thank you, Katie. Appreciate it. Um, what, I guess, I guess what points have you felt like, like, is there like certain like, like algorithms that you feel behind in the math or is there like, I guess, why have you felt behind in the math? Um, so yeah, so I'm taking a machine learning class this semester. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, um, linear algebra and a lot of all math behind these algorithms. And I think in order to like generate my, own algorithm out you understand all, a lot of where this come from and the math behind it yeah okay um yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of you know statistics and linear algebra and some calculus in especially in like machine learning so it definitely ventures into data science uh decently often i'm actually like i said earlier i i'm actually a chemical engineer that's my undergrad um, so, I mean, I'm not necessarily a math major, but I, I took a lot of these math classes in college. Um, but I'm of the opinion that, like, as long as you understand the basics of the math, it's not necessarily as important. Because, like, for instance, um, if I'm, like, in in interviewing a candidate and I ask them, hey, do you know, like, what the formula for standard deviation is? You know, I don't really care if they can, like, list off the formula. I'm more interested, can they like take a standard deviation equation, right? And uh, and like interpret the results of, of that equation. So like, as long as you can like understand the math, you know, maybe you're not like the best at doing it from scratch. I don't think it's too big of a deal. I know a lot of data scientists feel differently and they're like, oh, the math is everything. 
I'm not that way personally, because the majority of the time, I would say like 95% of the time, you're using someone else's algorithm that's already been written and has existed for like decades, to be honest, <laughs> a lot of the time. So I wouldn't worry too much. Like if you feel like, oh crap, like if I have to write an algorithm from scratch, I won't be able to do it. Because most of the time you probably won't have to. I see. Um, so yeah, it's building on that. So what, like in your opinion, what is like an important skill to build on in like one's <laughs> earlier in the career? Yeah, um, I think I personally am a big fan of programming. And so I, I'm a big like programmer in, in data science. And so I think it's like really important to have good coding skills. You don't have to be like the best coder ever, but you should be like competent enough to, you know, make your analyses work and make your models work. So I'm a big fan of getting good at coding. Um, it, it really depends on... Um, it really depends on, I guess, what, what industry you want to go in and like what exactly you want to do. But I'm a big fan of coding. And then the other thing is just like being able to know how to solve business problems using data, right? That's like, that's like a skill in itself of like knowing how to use data to solve skills. And if you can figure out how to do that, um, I think you're, you're in a good place. So, I mean, th those are probably my two that I enjoy the most. I'm probably biased. I don't know if they're the most useful, but they're the two I enjoy the most. And that is, you know, coding and then constructing everyday life problems or business problems into data problems. Um, those two skills are very important. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and my last question is, um, so I guess I've been trying to find jobs on LinkedIn and that's my main way. Um, I guess I know you have other recommendations on like where to find data jobs specifically like data analysts or scientists yeah okay so where to find data science jobs okay here's here's a really fun recommendation okay hold on let me let me add this to the screen here okay so now people can see my screen um i like this okay so like let's say you're coding in python and it's like um you're like oh i'm, I'm using pandas so you can see all my, I always Google everything. I don't know how to code anything without Googling. Okay, so let's say pandas data frame, drop the index. Okay, something kind of simple. And you Google it because you can't remember how to do it, right? Okay, we have a lot of the pandas, like actual documentation. Ah, but somewhere down here, we have the good old trusty Stack Overflow. I'm sure everyone who's ever written any code has used Stack Overflow. So you click on that. And there's your solution right here. You know, this is what it says to do. Great. Um, what you might not notice, you know, you might be too busy looking at your answer. What you might not notice is on the right-hand side, there's actually these uh, job applications that are available for people like you based on what you just searched in, uh, in Stack Overflow. So for instance, these are, these are Python jobs, but here's one that's a data scientist entry to experience level. I find that these usually are better than the ones on LinkedIn. Um, that's just me personally. I feel like that. And they also have a pretty good uh, search engine where you can say, you know, I'm interested. I'm uh, I'm pretty new. So maybe the max experience is junior. Um, I'm interested as a data scientist and I'm interested in full time. You can apply filters and it'll show you these things that are available. I think these people usually uh, reply more back than on LinkedIn. Um, and they're usually cooler jobs too, I feel like. So this is a great place. I mean, here's an awesome one, Hudson River Trading. That's been pretty cool to be an algorithm developer. Um, so I would recommend trying on, on Stack Overflow. At least it's something new, right? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Any other questions, Katie? Um, no, that's, that, that's it. Thank you so much. Okay, perfect. Thanks for joining. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah, thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. I see that I got Chris here. Chris, what's good? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear yeah. you. Um, perfect. Glad to have you here. Before before you get in, um, I was just going to – I can't see what LinkedIn user this is, but, but someone asked when my algo uh, trading class will be live. So if you haven't checked this out, um, if you go to – Let's see, averysmith.podia.com. 
um, and scroll down to the uh, kind of the middle here. This is my, my education website. I'm releasing a course called Predict the Stock Market with Python. It is a free course. It is $0 and 0 cents. So it should be released within the next two weeks. If uh, my consulting ever slows down, I'll be able to finish the last like two videos. You can see that the, all the videos are here, but you can't access them yet. So that's coming up and almost done. Um, so thanks for, for asking that question. And I also wanted to pull up Dustin's here saying using data to solve business problems. So important. That's what's, that's what's key to it's all. But anyways, now we got Chris here. Chris, what's good? Tell me how you're doing today. Yeah. How's it going, Avery? Nice to meet you. I'm doing real well. So just good. excited to be on, you know, on your little show. So it's fun. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate you. Um, well, tell me, tell me what's up, what's on your mind. I know you sent me some messages so we can hit up those questions or feel free to ask whatever you want. Yeah, I'll just roll with them. So I, okay. I was kind of thinking beforehand what I could ask and I appreciate so I've that. got a couple questions and stuff um, for sure. So first of all, um, I'm obviously studying data science myself. Um, I have a role as a data analyst in, in finance. Um, more like on the investment side, but I'm always looking and, and seeing what other things I can do. So I was just curious in your opinion, is it, would you recommend to people who are looking for jobs to like hyper-focus their projects on the industries they want to get into? Or do you think it's more helpful just to do basically like anything you can get your hands on? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So this is, this is pretty interesting. Um, I am like a believer in this is this is so hard for me to answer because I am a I mean if you if you know what industry you want to work on I would basically do every project I could in that particular industry just just to get the job that I wanted and maybe not every project right but I would get right. like I would do, I would do like so for instance and and I'm kind of guilty of this I I still am still pretty interested in like working in the MBA as a data scientist and so I, I have two projects from the MBA but I probably should have like five, like if I was really like, if I really wanted it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I definitely think like if there's, if you're sure that there's an industry you want to be in, I would almost do all of my projects in that industry. But, and this is, this is where my personal twist comes in. Um, I'm a big believer in generalists. Um, I think maybe you'll, you'll, you, you could maybe get better jobs if you specialize like, oh, I am like, a data cleaning person, or I am a text mining person, or I do cloud computing, you know, but I, I, I'm a big fan of learning it all. So I would choose, I would stick to one industry and I would do multiple projects using multiple skills. So I'm just like, mm. yeah, for actually, example, yeah. like if you're, you want to stick to finance, you know, I would do one project where you're using, you're using like regression. I would do one where you're using uh, clustering. I would use one, I do a project where you do text analysis. And I would do a project where you build a dashboard. Um, and there's four projects that are all in finance. They probably have different data sets, but they, they teach you four different skills that are very unique. Um, and that's because I like learning all that stuff. But I also think it makes you more qualified for any job. And I feel like for any job you actually ever get, you're never actually qualified until you get there. You know. But if you can <laughs> say, I've at least touched it for five minutes, then you can at least say that. So that's my totally. Point. No, that's super helpful. Thank you. Um, kind of a follow-up question on the project. So I have a GitHub. I've put, you know, a little bit of code on there here and there, but I honestly wasn't sure what's like a recommendation, the best way to use a GitHub as a portfolio. Like if I go through and I do a data project, I do some analysis, what exactly am I throwing on GitHub that's going to be useful for somebody? Yeah, that's, that's a really excellent question. So I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up my brows here, here again. Okay. So this is a question that I'm probably not the best at answering because I'll be honest, I don't use my GitHub as much as I should. And I've actually been called out for that a couple of times. Um, but here's, here's my GitHub, my repos. I don't have that many um, and I don't manage them that well. So like, for instance, I mean, here's one called predicting stocks. Honestly, if you want a sneak peek to the stocks, stocks course, I'm pretty sure, yeah, my whole code's been here for six months. Um, so th there's a little secret for you. <laughs> Cause I've had the code. I just need to make the videos. Um, totally. Okay. But um, let's go to, and I need to make some of these private before all you guys go over there. Cause I'm once again, I'm not great at keeping my, uh, my GitHub where it should be. Um, 
But uh, let me find one here. Okay, here's one I did with with some with some classmates. They have a readme. The readme is key because this is like basically what I'm going to read to know what your project actually does. Okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. because I, I don't want to go through all these folders and like go to your code and like especially if it's a notebook, I really don't want to like I don't even want to see the <laughs> the notebook to be honest. Um, what I prefer, and this is why my GitHub sucks. Okay, is because yeah. I don't like that because I don't want like if someone see it didn't even load because it's a notebook. It's a big notebook. Um, and so like for me, I'm a like I'm a value oriented data scientist. I do not care about data science unless it brings value. And mm-hmm. so I care more about the results than the code. So personally, I have, let's see, my website, which is hosted. And I'm going to do one day. I'm going to do a course on this, but there's already YouTube videos out there. Um I can show you this. It's just a little bit confusing. I use something called GitHub Pages, okay? And it's a website for you, you and your projects. And I don't recommend starting with this unless you really like are like, I want to learn how to code a website um, because it's kind of like coding a website. So this kind of explains it. But my website, this website where it's just like my personal for fun website um, is built in GitHub Pages. And I like this mm. because it lets like someone see what the topic is what, what I did and like a picture about it. And if they want to like, so for instance, like I talked about, I have a project on NBA player tracking. Yeah. You can click on it. And if you really want to, at this point, you can go to, you can read everything about it, you know, see the results. And then eventually in here, oh, I don't. But eventually in here, I should link to the, link to the code. But sure. personally, I don't care about your code. I care about the results it carries. So I have like old Wix sites that I used, like Wix or or um, let's see if I can find one, um, like whatever WordPress, just like a website where you don't have to code. Having yeah. it up there is actually pretty nice, I think, because it like lets you know, it just lets the person that you're trying to impress know that like you can code and you can do what you say you can, mm-hmm. without like without making them go read the code. Because to be honest, I the last thing I want to do is go read your code. I want to see your results. Okay. So when when posting that stuff, do you, like the assuming the code is there, so if they want to they can go look at it. Like should it be runnable from start to finish? I've noticed a lot of times when I do my data projects, I end up like doing little things here and there that make it work, like especially data cleaning and stuff like that. So if somebody actually just took my code and ran it, somewhere along the line it would break. <laughs> so yeah. I just didn't know if it was like super important to go back and fix any every one of those things so they could just run it or if just the results and the analysis was more important they can see the general idea of what I'm doing. That's a good question and to be honest I'd probably have to talk to someone who like actually like is a bigger company and actually hires. No one's downloaded my code and never ran it and I will never <laughs> download anyone's code and run it unless like I'm like I don't believe them basically. Um, sure. Sure. So but other than that I'm never going to go download your code. What you could do, another thing you could do that I would really like is um, if you're on, uh, you could host the notebook in Kaggle or in Google Colab for free and have it run there. Um, That's another option. You could have it be public. Oh, interesting. Yeah. um, So that like, if once you get it running, other people could just run it. That's the other option. But like I said, I'm I'm never going to download your code and run it. Nice. Useful. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Last question. My last couple minutes. So this is something I've been thinking about a bit. If you were, um, asked by like a startup company, they just started out, they didn't have a ton of stuff going on, ton of processes. And they said, Hey, we believe in data science. We believe it's important. You know, what do we need to do? What do we need to set up? What processes do we need? How would you go about helping them so that data science was a part of like their future as a company? Yeah, that's that's an awesome question. So if I was a startup company, and I didn't have any data science, what would be my first step? My first step would be making sure I'm tracking all the data that's going to be useful. So like a lot of companies will generate data, but they're not storing it maybe. Like they're just not like storing it. Or if they are storing it, it's in like standalone PDFs or Excel. Like you need to figure out how to, how to get all that data into a database and manage it. Because like, People want to predict sales. They're like, okay, like we believe in data science. We want to predict sales. And it's like, okay, uh, do you have like historic sales? And they're like, yeah, we have the last two months. And it's like, 
Okay. Like I need like a year's worth of data. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't know that. So it's like, if you don't have the data stored, I mean, even if it's just in lousy Excel, separate Excels, at least then I can like go through and like put it into a database, you know, but if you just haven't been storing the data or like you don't have access to it, it's just like too hard to like figure it all out. You're never going to make anything cool, you know? So the first mm -hmm. step is always making sure you get the data. Um, and then once you have the data, like let's say you already have it, I would always go for quick wins, quick wins, quick wins. So um, that's probably not like, I mean, depending on the industry, it's probably not like a super complex machine learning algorithm. It's probably something more simple. Maybe it's descriptive analytics. You know, it's just a dashboard. But you got sure. everyone starts somewhere. Sure. Super helpful. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, I those are your three questions, I think. And uh, well, I guess we got one more minute. I saw someone else join. Any last questions? Well, yeah. I mean, what's I'm just curious. What's it been like since you stepped away from Exxon? Have you enjoyed it? Have you had any bumps in the road or any cool breakthroughs? I mean, yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be transparent with you guys. I got nothing to hide. It has been absolutely insane. And like, personally, I mean. I have had zero time, like zero problems finding clients. I actually have the opposite issue that I need to find people to, uh, to hire. So I guess anyone who's watching, you know, if you, if you have skills in dash, I could, I could hire you, but it's, it's been awesome so far. Consulting has been great. I have a lot of projects. It's been a lot of fun. I do want to do less consulting and more education though. So that's hopefully where I'll move in the, in the, in the next little bit. Interesting. Cool. 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 All right, Chris, appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Thanks for, for being prepared. I Thanks for being early. It. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. We got, that was awesome. Chris was prepared and that was super cool. All right. Pradeep, can you hear me? Yep. Can okay, you great. I think everyone can hear you. So I know you were early here as well. Um, Thanks for logging on at the right time and finding the right link. I really appreciate uh, that. I want to apologize for interrupting the Chris, I think. Oh, no, you didn't even interrupt. No one, I, I know you came early, but no one even saw it except for me because I didn't bring you up yet. So, so you're here, you're on stage now. And yeah, really, really appreciate you uh, being on, on the show. What, what can I help you with? Okay, first of all, uh, I can't turn on the video. It's 5.30 a.m. in the morning. I just woke up uh, like 15 minutes back. Yeah, well, no problem. No, we, have, we hear your audio and that's great. Okay. Uh, Chris, currently I'm working in a petrochemical plant and planning to resign and uh, do some data science projects, personal projects for the first four to six months. Uh, for me, I want to know how can we get the data? What are the resources for the data for doing the personal projects? Oh, how can for we get data? Yes. Okay, that's a good question. So um, let me pull up my uh, browser again. Um, so Pradeep, when it comes to getting data, I suggest, I guess, um, I guess there's two ways to get data. Okay. One is more fun, but probably more time intensive. Um, and I think it's better. And the other one's probably easier. <laughs> so the first one is to make the data yourself, have it be personal to you. So for instance, I wear an Apple watch. I'm actually not wearing it right now. Um, but my Apple watch keeps track of my steps every day. Right. So a cool project would be just to visualize how many steps you do every day. Um, so that's one. Um, the second one is, so that's, that's, that's like generating your own data. You can do it from maybe what you spend on your credit card. You could do it from, you know, how many hours of sleep you get. You could do it from, you know, how much time you're on your computer. I don't know, any sort of thing that's kind of tracked automatically. That's the hard way, but the fun way to do it, in my opinion. The, the less time-consuming way is to use something um, that is more readily available, that's someone else's data. So in this case, I'm going to suggest, let me do this. I'm going to suggest um, going to, actually, let me make this big again. I'm going to suggest going to Kaggle.com for, first. Okay, Kaggle.com, as I just said in the uh, browser there, is your home for data science. This is an awesome website for all things data science. They have a whole section dedicated to data. Okay, so this, that's my dog. She's mad at my wife because my wife just went rollerblading without her. Um, but in this, in the Kaggle section, there's this data section and it has a bunch of data sets. So for instance, you can see all of Trump's Twitter insults from 2015 to 2021. That's like a data set that you can go and have, have fun with. Um, 
you can do all of the Reddit Wall Street uh, bets posts. That would be really interesting to see, you know, how that relates to different stock prices. Um, Pradeep, is there something like in particular that you're passionate about that you'd like like a data science set on? Uh, initially, I want to, I think uh, I have a data set of my bank transactions, actually. Okay. From 2009. Since 2009, I'm collecting my banking data, whatever the expenditure that I'm doing. Oh, so. see, that's that's perfect. And I mean, you could totally make, you know, I, I kind of, whenever I talk about myself, I say I have a, a model that predicts my, my monthly spend at Chick-fil-A next month, right? That's a super fun project. And you probably have similar data that like will let you show what your monthly you know, maybe in December, you know, or sometime during the year, like your, your, your money spend goes up for whatever reason, you can find out what month that is, you know, and try to understand those types of things. So that would be, that would be very useful and very fun. So, but if you end up going with, you know, trying to find a data set, Kaggle's really good. And then the other resource I'll mention is Google data set search engine. Okay. So this is Google's own search engine, just specifically for data sets. So you can search anything you want. So I know you mentioned that you were in like uh, petrochemicals, I think, right? So let's just look yeah. at petrochemicals and a data science search or in the, in the database here. So it looks like we have, um, and this has like a bunch of different, this has, says it found a hundred plus data sets. Some of these are paid, some of these are free. I think you can, oh yeah, you can filter by free. Let's see what that does. Okay, so you have, looks like Singapore chemicals, petrochemicals. I don't know what's in there. India petrochemical, I don't know what's in there. So you'd have to like explore it at the at the individual website. But but Google does a good job. It doesn't even look like it's free, maybe. Um, but anyways, Google does a good job of trying to find you related data sets. They're not always useful, um, but I mean you can kind of scroll through a bunch of these and, and click around. And you you might find something you like in there. Um, just depends. Okay. So that will be very helpful for me because yep. starting with Data set is a major constraint to start the programming or anything. Yeah, I mean, data science definitely starts with the data, right? And if you don't have the data, you can't do much. And so this, those both are really good resources to, to find data sets. Okay. And what are your suggestions for starting the uh, data science or data analytics, starting projects for beginners? Um, I- yeah, I mean, I, I think it always is good to to start in something you're familiar with. So, you know, for instance, in, in petrochemicals, you might want to start. It might be hard because petrochemicals don't always have data sets that are readily available. Finance usually has data sets that are more readily available. Um, but I would start with, you know, the basics of basics. And and for me, I mean, that's knowing, okay, do you know, do you know a little bit about statistics? Like I said earlier, like I'm not huge on knowing all of the math that goes into data science, but like you should know, you should know about like what a mean is. You should know what a standard deviation is, right? And um, yeah. once you know those things, you can try to do descriptive analytics. So you can try to understand what the, you know, what the, um, like the different like reactions of, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know, just like some sort of descriptive analytics that shows how, you know, if you take your expenditure, like what is your mean uh, spent every month? Like what's the max spent every month? Just start with the basics, okay? Um, figure out how to do that. And, you know, if you're going to do Excel, do it in Excel. If you know how to program, you know, or if you want to learn how to program, I personally recommend starting with Python. Do that in Python. Make some charts. I wouldn't start, if you're like just getting into data, I wouldn't start with like, oh, I'm going to go make an AI model, right? Like start with like the mean and the standard deviation and then graduate from there and, you know, make some charts. And then once you go from there, then you can kind of get into machine learning. And I always recommend linear regression being the first thing that people learn in machine learning. So I think it's a step-by-step basis, but it, I mean, it really depends where you're at and what you're comfortable with already. Oh, okay. Fortunately, I did study statistics during college. That was back in 50 years back, but all was in pen and paper, not in the computer or anything else. <laughs> Well, that's, that's no problem. Like I said, if you can like explain what a standard deviation is, I think you're in a good place because it's not about how to, the computer does most of the heavy math lifting. It's just, you have to be able to explain what the computer's doing. Right. So if you like, if you know the basics, I think you're in a good place. And then it's just learning about how to, how to speak the same language as a computer, you know, whether that, whether you want to try to do that in Excel or in Python or in SQL or in R, I mean, it's kind of up to you and what you want to do. 
I always think Python is a great place to start because it's free. There's a lot of resources um, and it's pretty flexible and pretty easy to learn in my opinion. Yeah, okay. So that will be very helpful. And thank you for arranging these sessions. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you got you got two more minutes. I do see that we have Aishwara, I hope I said your name right, um, in the waiting room and I'll, I'll bring her up at, you know, when you're done, but you got one more minute. Do you have any, any last question? Uh, no, I will get connected with through LinkedIn if I have any queries. Okay. Sounds good. Nice to okay. meet you, Pradeep. And thanks for waking up early. You said it was 5.30? Yes, it's 5.30. You're crazy, okay. man. I appreciate you. And, and thanks for waking up I early because you thought I had something useful to say. That's that's awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. That was very helpful. Oh, okay. good. I'm glad. Well, we'll talk later. Thanks, Pradeep. Hello, Aishwara. Is that how I say your name? You said it right. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I could. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure because this stream, yeah, I'm using this for the first time. So I, I, I wasn't sure if things were going well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's, it's going great. So yeah, I mean, you were kind of in the queue behind the scenes and I couldn't hear you. But once I brought you on stage, I can okay. hear you. And then I think we have, let's see, we got about 10 people watching. So those people can <laughs> hear you too. And we're really excited to, to hear what you, you know, what questions you may have. What's up? How can I help you? Um, so my question, like I posted before when I was booking this uh, event itself, was um, by background, I was in IT and I, while I was on maternity, like in 2018, I decided to upskill or be more relevant because my background itself was in um, QA and before that I did production support in India. And right now I'm in Toronto. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. Toronto. No problem, no problem. Toronto, Canada. So then... Um, I did a postgraduate program with um, UT Austin in artificial intelligence and machine learning. It was a very good program. It uh, it really got me interested in a field that I was totally unaware of. I had very basic statistics knowledge and Python programming. Yes, I knew a little bit just just to write code or or, or rather to read a code and understand what's ha what's what it's doing. That much I knew. With that, I started, but um, and I got really interested and. Uh, I, post the uh, postgraduate program, I was looking for jobs within the ML space itself. And within ML, um, uh, computer vision was my field of interest. So I started looking for jobs in that area. And what I quickly realized was there aren't too many entry level ML jobs out there. Or even if there is, they need like, oh, you need at least two plus years of working experience in the field. And then I'm like, if someone doesn't give me a break, how would I ever get an experience, right? So <laughs> then I started, <laughs> it's like the chicken and egg situation. It is. <laughs> so then I started looking at, um, you know, other, 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 um, other fields within the same umbrella, like data science, data engineering, data analytics honestly without quite knowing what all of these roles meant like what does a data analyst do what does a data engineer do? where in the pipeline does you know do these people fit in i didn't really know about it but um and i ended up taking up a fellowship which was obviously an unpaid thing just to create the work experience it was a data science fellowship a data science fellow fellowship and i finished that but and i've been looking for jobs actively after that um honestly i'm at a point where i've I've uh, really gone from a very high self-image of being an ML engineer to I just take up anything that's data related right now. So I wasn't, I, I'm, I kind of feel very overwhelmed or I think I feel a bit directionless when I look at jobs or now I read a job description. I'm like, I don't fit into any of this. Now what do I do? Like I've finished a course. I want to move into another field and I don't fit in there. Like, what do I do? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I think I understand where you're coming from. And and yeah, what you said reminded me of this. It's uh, this like kind of this chicken or egg situation. You need experience to get a job, but you need yeah. a job to get experience. Experience, yeah. It's like, how do you get past that, right? That's that's the trick. And I, I, think, I think one thing that you did was good, right? And it's like, okay, well, no one's going to pay me because I don't have experience or, or maybe I won't make that much because I don't have experience. So I'm going to take a job that, you know, pays less or doesn't pay to start and get experience that way. That's, that's one way to do it. Um, I did that um, originally. Uh, it was luckily it was only for three months part-time for me. So I got, I got, I got lucky that it wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did that and that's, that's life. Um, another thing that you can do 
is, and I, I try to talk a lot about this on my page is personal projects. So mm. it's like, it's like, I don't know what you're trying to do necessarily. Sorry. My dog's all mad at me. Um, I don't know what you're trying to do. I guess computer vision stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, what I would do is I would look for a company. So let's, let's, let's do an example. Let's do a live step-by-step and see how it goes. So let's see. Um, you said computer vision, vision job. Hi Peach. It's okay. Okay. So this is, this is one that's really cool. Computer vision analyst, research and development for the Houston Astros. Okay. That's a, that's a baseball team where I'm from or where I'm stationed right now in Houston. I would love this job, but I'm not very good at computer vision. You know a lot more about computer vision than I do. Um, but it looks like it's full-time. It looks like experience level is junior. Okay. Um, but then let's see the requirements is what you're saying. It's like, they'll say it's junior, but it's like, you need two years experience. Um, so in this case, it looks like you just need it. Need, it doesn't say like two years. It just says experience with ML frameworks, um, modeling humans, you know, experience with Python and R. So I don't know if this like fits what you've done at all, but let's just pretend like it, it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're like, okay, I think I can, I can understand most of this stuff. Right. But I've never actually, I've never worked for a baseball team. I've never worked for in an actual job as a computer vision, you know, you know, engineer, but, but I've taken the classes. I understand how to do it. So what I would try to do is I would look at like what the requirements are. So for mm -hmm. instance, it says experience modeling humans using computer vision. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know that's, that's something they want. And the other thing they want is to use like TensorFlow or PyTorch, um, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would try to make a project and I wouldn't try to spend all that much time on it, but at least do something mm -hmm. where like you do like a project on your own where you're trying to make a modeling humans using one of these frameworks. So maybe you go onto Google and you're like, I don't know, human computer vision projects with humans and just see like what pops up. Okay. Here's... Five awesome computer vision project ideas. I don't know if these are like specifically, like you'd have to poke around, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would see what other people have done in that space maybe. And then yeah. and then you can either start off one of their projects, just like fork one of their projects if it's on GitHub, or that can inspire you. You're like, oh, like actually like I love dance and maybe I'll do a dance project using computer vision. And like, I'm going to put that, I'm going to post about that on LinkedIn I'm going to post it on like a, like just like a Wix website or, mm -hmm. you know, if someone is interested in that, that they can go and, and see you because like the key is the key is like when you have a resume, so I'll pull this up one more time. Um, I'm going to pull up my resume. Hopefully let's see. Here's a resume of mine. Um, where is it at? All right, right here. I'm going to zoom in so that you can see and hopefully everyone else can. Okay, so like I said earlier in the webcast, I would love to be a data scientist for an NBA team or or a, or an MLB team, baseball, all of it. I'm a sports data scientist would be awesome. So here's here's a project I did about basketball, and mm -hmm. you see how this is underlined, and there's a link right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You click on it, it pulls up my portfolio on that particular website where I've explained what I've done. And it has okay. like a video here. Mm -hmm. It has, in this case, it actually has all my code embedded as a notebook. Uh -huh. Right. But this is like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I get, like, I haven't worked as a computer vision person ever, but look, like here is a project where I did exactly what you're trying to do, just like in a different field. And look, I did it. You can check my code. You can check my results. Like, mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing. I think it just mm -hmm. builds credit credibility. I don't know. I talked for a long time. Does that help you? It definitely does because uh, a few things that I picked. Uh, I mean, let me just give it say it backwards so that you know I yeah, you probably uh -huh. could validate that I I got the right things right. Um, so I have a resume which on which I have a few projects that's computer vision and even my fellowship was. Uh, I I mean I chose a fellowship that was computer vision related again, right. so that I'm kind of streamlining it. Um, um, so um. The, the only thing that I did not do that you mentioned right now is that I don't have links directly to my project or, and all my projects are on GitHub. And um, it's not like I've linked to the project. It's just the, there's a project description and then, you know, the, um, you know, a quanti like a, 
like the results of the project i've just made a quantitative result um and i've put a couple of sentences in there but i think from what you say a good idea would be to give a link to the project itself because most most people just reading through a resume wouldn't understand what exactly have you done right you know if you see something that is visually that they can see that what is being done especially in in terms of computer vision they need to see what you've done right yeah um so that's a big takeaway from me um from this conversation and and yes projects yeah for sure plus another question i had specifically is because i had gone through your career graph where you said start at an analyst and then you know keep growing like depending on whichever field you find interesting as you keep going going um so i'm right now looking at a couple of data analyst uh, job openings and most of it specifies either one of the visualization tools like power bi or tableau or what not so i'm trying to put together a portfolio in Uh, of for myself you know in tableau or in power bi are there anything uh, okay is that the right path to take the no. first question well well let me hold on let me check for one second so mm-hmm. you have i just want to make sure i understand your background you have looks like an undergrad in electrical engineering it looks like That's right? right yeah okay and then is this a certificate or is this like a masters degree It's not a master's degree. It's it's I I can't really call it a nano degree either because it's okay. a slightly longer one. It's in it's between. It's not a master's degree either. Yeah. Okay, so it's in between. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Um. That is, and I can't find people of my same category anywhere around. Either they are doing a master's or they are into. You know, it's very difficult. Uh, yeah, this, it's you know, you're kind sure. of a, you're kind of a tweener because I would say if you have a master's degree, that mm-hmm. usually makes it so you don't have to go through an analyst role. And mm-hmm. like, like if you know how to, like if you're comfortable, like what what language do you use to do computer vision? In Python. Okay, yeah. If you can code computer vision in Python, I think you're too qualified to, be, or at least too specialized to be an analyst. Because an analyst okay. is going to do like, like yeah, Power BI and Tableau, which mm-hmm. are non-coding, but you don't code at all basically in either of those. So mm-hmm. if, if you if you're like a good coder and like you can like make computer vision, you know. model I, like i said i don't know much about computer vision if you can do stuff like that then i think you're too qualified to be poking around in tableau and power bi um those are the two main analyst tools and i mean there's nothing wrong with doing those those are awesome it's mm-hmm. just typically analysts can't code in python or if they can they're i mean typically they maybe can a little bit or you could be a decent coder in python and still be an analyst but if like if you're really set on this you know computer vision thing and you can like do it comfortably in python I don't think I don't think I don't think that's the right path for you is to go to um an analyst role personally. I don't I don't think you should have to. It it is hard that like your the postgraduate thing it's hard to like understand exactly what that is for an employer. Like so for instance, yeah. if I was hiring like computer vision people, it's like okay, it's not a boot camp, it's not a masters, so what is it? So that, I mean that's a little difficult, but I I think you're I think I think you just got to how do you get do you get like does your resume get past the first like computer tracker like have you had any like interviews or not yet um a couple of them but uh, you know you know from the requirements that itself I am I when I read through it and that's just because of me taking the machine gun approach of applying for anything and everything so then yeah. I get back for a couple of data engineer roles but then um you know even the questions they ask are like not even remotely related to what i would want to do so i i, I yeah. i'm not quite sure that that's a sample of the work they do but um yeah but not too much like depending uh, like you know when you look at the number of applications that i've put in i don't get too many calls back uh, you know <sighs> yeah that's that's really interesting i i it's hard for me to say cuz i don't have like any experience in computer vision right and it's mm-hmm. a very specialized field like like if i applied for a computer vision job i would i mean i know Python and I know R and I know some TensorFlow but it's not like that's like that's like a very specialized form of of data and and so maybe that's why you're having a hard time is because like anyone that can do that has done it like a master's thesis on it or like a PhD in it mm-hmm. I I don't know it's it's tricky I would say make sure make sure you have good good projects that are like the results are not only documented in words on a resume but somewhere yeah. online and also and also start start expanding your i mean if you're comfortable start expanding your your linkedin 
Like start posting on LinkedIn. Tag, I dare you. I dare you. Go on LinkedIn. There's a place where you can see like your stats. Okay. Like how many people viewed your profile and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Go to it right now and take a screenshot. Okay. Okay. I mean, not right now, but just like <laughs> this week. Okay? okay. Take a screenshot and then post, post once a week for four weeks. Okay. Okay. Post once a week for four weeks. And in one of those posts, tag me. Okay. Okay. Tag me and just say, you can talk about, you can, you can take a screenshot of us talking right now and you can be like, Hey, I had this, like, uh, I had this conversation with Avery Smith. Like we talked about my career and like how to get a better job or whatever. Right. Um, and tag me and I'll like it and I'll comment. And I promise that you, you'll have more people on your page than, uh, and you, your page will grow and then you'll get new connections and that'll snowball and get bigger and bigger. But I mean, I got, I mean, and I, I post every day and I've done that for about, uh, I don't know, two thirds of a year now. Um, but I got like people messaging me quite often for jobs just because, and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm special. Like, I don't think it's anything that I'm doing. It's just whenever I do something, instead of keeping it to myself or with my resume, I'm telling the whole world on LinkedIn. Hey, I did this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So try that and see see if that helps. But um, hopefully, one of those two things will work. Building network. They say the the. I don't know where I read this, but uh, you know the the time you want the network the most is when you need <laughs> to leverage it to get something done for yourself, and that's not the time you build a network. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm building it at the same time. I want it, to leverage it. So it's true. Your your network you want to build when you don't need it, right? So it's there yes. when you need it. So I mean that was that was one thing that I didn't really do on purpose. It just kind of happened. But mm -hmm. I I had in like June of last year, I probably had like a thousand connections or maybe eight hundred connections on LinkedIn. Uh, mm -hmm. And now you know now I'm almost at fifteen. So that mm -hmm. happened like in half a year basically. So mm -hmm. and now it's now it's nice because now you know I'm I'm running a business and I have all these people I've met. So yeah. Anyways, I I have all the faith in you in the world. Keep posting. Keep me updated. Um, sure, yeah, sure. and tag one of your posts, and I'll, I'll comment on it, and we'll get some traffic going your way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks. Sound good? Thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I got a bounce, but it's great talking to you, Aishwara. Nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. All right, everyone. That is, it is now 6.36 my time, which means it is time to, uh, for me to hang out with my family or do some homework or uh, do some actual work. So uh, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in. I know we had about like a steady stream about like 10 to 20 people. I appreciate you guys. Um, send me a message or actually leave a comment. Leave a comment if you're here. I just really appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope this brings value to you. Um, and I want to I want to engage with you guys as much as I can. So like if you were here, oh, and I actually realized I didn't I didn't actually get to these people. We're waiting for the trading course coming out soon, very soon. Just be patient. And then Yasir said, "How do you find clients for your business?" I find about uh, probably a third through my social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and stuff like that. And then I probably do about a third from Upwork, and then I do a third about organic traffic um from my website um so that's how i find a lot of my clients um but anyways i appreciate you guys we'll catch you guys later next week for the ask avery show uh hope you guys have a good night bye-bye appreciate y'all oh yeah, yeah of course thanks scott thanks for saying that appreciate you thanks for thanks for saying you're here i would have never known yeah daniel thanks for saying you're here i didn't know you were here either i'm glad i'm glad that i knew you guys were here so thanks for saying hi scott and daniel uh, always appreciate it. Talk later.